how's everyone doing today? It seemed like it's spring, doesn't it? I miss the snow. Now, why are you going to complain about what God gives you? Oh. But before we get started, I just wanted to say, Sam, I know you did a great word. They told me on the, on the plane ride back, don't come home anymore. I was gone last week, but anybody? No, I'm just kidding. Don't go ooh like that. Anyway, but really, I want to welcome some of our, um, we have some um, parents here from Sing Song this weekend, right? How was that? Was it good this weekend? Awesome. Well, that was awesome. Good to see you guys. If you didn't know me, I'm Pastor Rich. I'm senior pastor here, and I wasn't here last week. I just wanted to share something with you before I share the messages. I was able to go down. If you don't know about us, we're part of Every Nation Churches, and we have churches all around the world. One of our biggest churches is in uh, the Philippines with 70,000 people, but we're also a region of churches here in Texas, and one of our churches that I was able to go visit this last week when I'm on the board of directors is uh, our church, City Life Church in Houston, Texas. And I'll, you get man, that's it. The greatest thing about that, our former worship pastor is the senior pastor down there. And they've been down there about four years. And we were on his board and we went down and saw some great work they got going on in a theater. He started with 30 people. Now he's pushing to 200. Come on, somebody. In four straight years, short years. So this amazing thing that we Abraham, me and Ms. Donna, he put us to work. We did a marriage uh, panel, talked about marriage and all those things, and they're doing a great work. Just be praying for them. They're on the cusp of a building, about to move in, a building that you never would imagine a church would be in. That's why it's from God, and it's going to be an amazing time. And that's one of the greatest things about every nation, uh, churches, that we are a family. We're the southwestern region and what we get to do we're building a whole big region here in texas with about we got about six churches if anybody remember the name timothy spink timothy spink he's the guy who used to go here when we talk about when you see all these things i'm talking about look at the word discipleship he spent some time with us timothy spink right now is a senior pastor in oakland i mean oakland in uh, oklahoma norman oklahoma so we're going to be contacting him and is how god works we talk about discipleship and how people start here. And Pastor um, Sammy talked about potential and mining out that potential for them to do great things for God. And that's amazing. So we get to do that. And how we do it here in our Western Texas, we grab and people, God calls them out to do bigger and greater things. So I appreciate you guys supporting us as we go. And it's been an amazing time. We, we're always changed every time we go down there. So, um, but it's great. Let me get back to the message now. Um, the last three weeks, we've been talking about the word thrive. First week, we talked preparing to thrive. Second week, planting to thrive. Today, I want to go number three, thinking to thrive. Thinking to thrive. You can write this down. Everything begins with a thought. When you got up this morning, your mind started thinking about something, some good, some bad. But everything begins with a thought. With this, with this sermon today, I'm noticing some things that those who are believers and know Jesus Christ, we're going, we're going to go to heaven. But I'm seeing some people are going to go to heaven all bound up and frustrated because of our thought life. And what we're going to do, we're going to cover today the children of Israel. And you can't laugh at them because they're us. <laughs> so I know that guy. I act just like him. And one thing about children of Israel, they were set free by God. They left Egypt. But a funny thing happened. Egypt never left them. Because of their thinking. They were free, but they kept thinking like slaves. And with believers, we can be free and think we're still bound and miss your greatest days of your life. And what we're going to do, we're going to unpack this in in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. And I'll read and I'll unpack some things for you. And I hope this one helps you with your thinking. Because everything begins with a what? Thought. 
And I want to teach you how to think right so you can live right. Because if you think wrong or believe wrong, you'll live wrong. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. If you don't have them, it's right there on the screen. Here's a key thing. It is 11 days' journey from Horab to the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him commandment to them. After he had defeated Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Asheroth, in Edre, beyond the Jordan, the land of Moab. Moses undertook to explain the law, saying, The Lord our God said to us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighbors in Arabah, in the hill country, in the lowlands in Negev, by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. You want to circle that. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them and to, to their offspring after them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment. I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit teach us about thinking right. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you're looking at, let me give you a backdrop in Deuteronomy. This is five books. This is the last book of the Lord that Moses wrote. Deuteronomy means second law. This is Moses at an older age actually talking to the children of Israel of the original parents. You see, when we open up the, the scripture, it says 11 days. When they left Egypt, it was only going to be an 11-day journey. And they were going to march 11 days. Well, they wound up wandering for 40 years because of bad thinking. So through their thinking and through their message and through their mouth, God awarded them everything they said. These are their parents. 40 years until a whole generation is gone. And now these are the sons and daughters of that generation that Moses is actually reinstituting the law to teach them and give them a history lesson about what your parents did or didn't do. And parents, can I be real with you? What we do here on earth is going to affect our children tremendously because we're influencing somebody. So he was reteaching the law to the children who have grown up now. And they were numerous. And they were blowing up. And he was teaching them about giving them a history lesson about their parents and what God said. See, God's desire, when he took them out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery, was to bring, not just to bring them out, but bring them into an inheritance, a destiny for their lives. Last week, we talked about being planted. You have to stay planted because don't, when we look at the promised land, sometimes we look at it as a, as a cartoon that it's, when I get in there, it's going to be full of milk and honey, and everything is going to be okay. And I look at the promised land as a type and figure of salvation. When we give our life to Jesus, everything is going to be just okay. But you see, the promised land is full of hills and valleys. And what we spend most of our time is in the valleys. And I wrote something down on that. See, we need courage to conquer the hills, and you need endurance to conquer the valleys. Because that's where everyone falls apart from the, from the valleys. We have an up moment, we're on the top of the hill, but you got to come down to the valley of need, where we spend most of our time. And there's giants in your land, and there's troubles in your walk. And somehow we think, well, this can't be the promised land. Yes, it is. It's filled with milk and honey. They said when they sent us, sent us 10 spies out, they went out, 12 spies, they went out. And they went and found them some grapes that were so big that they needed two of them to carry them. I said, boy, I wish I was there. And they spent 40 days 
with these grapes. And they were saying, we can't stay here. I said, God, the grapes will make me stay here. But I know who's ever eating those grapes got to be pretty big. Big grapes come from big people eating them. <laughs> Think about it. But they're in the land of opportunity, but they're thinking as a slave. And we're going to unpack this. 11-day journey turned into 40 years of lack. And they came to a place, Kadesh, uh, Kadesh Barnea, the pushing point, the pushover. And God said, go take. Now, they sent some spies out, but it wasn't God's idea. If you look at it, hey, God has an idea. If God has given me something, why would he have to send me in to look at it? But he, Moses said, I thought it was a good idea. So I sent you guys in just to see the logistics of it. Logistics plans are going in and see what part of, what river can we close, go over, which way can we go in. Don't look at any of the scenery because I'm going to wipe them all out for you. Well, their idea turned into a mess. And they came back with a bad report from wrong thinking. And through wrong thinking, they missed their mark. Because if you don't think with faith, you think with fear, and you offend God. Because he said, I'm giving it to you. Now, there is a portion of this that when you are possessing something, you have to depossess something. But the land was theirs. But they didn't think so. They were still thinking as slaves. Come on, y'all. Some of you have been born again for a lot of years. But why do you want to keep thinking before the fact that you're not born again, that God doesn't love you? I'm still in this hole. You're not in a hole anymore. You were in a hole. But biblically, you're shining. Now, it has nothing to do with feeling. It has everything about the truth. And what happened was when God saw that, he said this in, in um, Numbers chapter 13, 13. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation had done evil, and the sight of the Lord was gone. And that's the new kids on the block taking the mantle and trying to push over, which Joshua would push over because Moses didn't make it either. Joyce Meyer said this. You know, you cannot have a positive life in a negative mind. It's impossible to have a positive life with a negative mind. And that's when she's talking about winning uh, the battlefield of the mind, because that's where the win, that's where the battle win, you win, it's in your mind. Amen? And one thing about it, guys, people who thrive think differently. Remember I tell you about as believers, we think differently because we have an opportunity to think differently. Go ahead and take them in Romans 12 too. Thank you, sir. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? Yeah. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Transforming our mind takes a, it's a daily process because every day begins with a thought. If you go to bed with the same problem that you had last night, you'll wake up with that same problem unless you read you know, your mind and have a better perspective of it. And you'll miss the moments. Write this down. Guys, do not make a moment a monument. They're moments, not monuments. As we unpack this, you'll see they made Egypt a monument. It's a 450-year moment, but they were free, and they had new moments, but they made the other ones monuments so they couldn't break loose from the past. So I want to show you that. And what I was talking about here is there's four mindsets that we're going to unpack. Four mindsets. Now, you got to reverse something. Whenever there's a lie, there's a biblical truth to squash the lie. Now, look at this. Lies have limits. Truth is unlimited. Lies say, and if you're in a relationship with your wife, the lie says, I need to ditch this wife, or I need to ditch this husband, the truth says you need to love her like Christ loved the church. 
Now, you'll make a crazy decision off a lie, and you're going to regret it anyway because you're going to marry someone just like her because you fell in love with her. But if you listen to the truth, which is unlimited, it always plays out. And there's some lies that we deal with too. I deal with these lies on a constant basis. Let's unpack some of those things. The first one is, my future is determined by my past and present. Numbers 21, 4 through 5. From Mount Orion, they set out on the way to Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became what? And the people spoke against, oh boy, God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of slavery, Egypt, to die in the wilderness? For there's no food or water. We loathe this worthless food. Now how can you get tired of what God's providing for you? Now, I know how I used to get tired for the providence of God. I said, God, give me this job or a job before I had this job, any job. And the first three weeks, I'm like, I'm excited. I got a new job. The seventh month, I hate this job. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I mean, I can't wait to get out of here. This is the, oh, my gosh, these people are crazy. What's wrong with them? And you're like, God said, didn't you ask for that job? And the food they're talking about, manna, sweet bread. You wake up in the morning, where you going, honey? I'm going to go get the food, the groceries, pick it off. Now, you can fry it. You can bake it. You can do whatever you want with it, but you didn't work for it, right? And you, get, you put a little gravy on it, whatever you got to do. And they were upset of heavenly welfare. That's what it was, heavenly welfare. God was paying the price, paying the deal for them. Just go pick it up and eat something. Sustain you. They wanted meat. They wanted bread. Bunch of, must have been a bunch of guys. And God fed them. Well, he struck them first. <laughs> but the thing is, we cannot... Sustain what God gives us. You miss the moment. The job is a moment. Today, anyone who has a job is grateful, aren't you? Because the economy is like tanking, you think, right? But you have a job. So you think that, if I don't care if it's $2 an hour, you have a job. Who gave you that job? Not your good looks. God gave you that job. So whatever God gives you that you only had to make an interview for, and he gave them the people in their mind to say, hey, you hire this person, thank God for it. Now, will be some bad days. Thank God anyway. Because here's what it is. We say, God, I want to grow. God, I want to be different. Then he sends people to rub you the wrong way for you to grow and change. That's how he works. The providence of God don't ever complain. That's what they did. What happened, they turned their moments into monuments. Every time pressure comes, Seemed like we want to go back to the way things were. Well, now, were they really that good? Think about it. The older I get, it's easier for me to go back into the history of how this was. It was a moment. And there's new moments to live out every day. I, I remember when we, I remember when we, I remember when we. Yeah, that's good, but I hope they were teaching you something. Well, so-and-so left, so I can't. Well, they taught you wrong because they only did that so you can learn how to take new moments and walk out new moments. It's always a new moment, especially when you're raising children. Y'all saying, no, amen, no? You think when they come babies and they grow up, they're going to be okay? They're not going to need much money? Are you kidding me? Diapers are good right now. <laughs> College? Oh, my gosh. Bring back the Diapers. You want how much? I thought when they got older, they would leave the house. They ain't leaving the pocketbook. <laughs> Just trying to help you out. But it's a moment because they go to college. They go to college. You won't raise a liability. You'll raise an asset. I make jokes about that, but really, 
The same way we want to take care of our children is the way, same way God wants to take care of us. Don't make those moments monuments. Because we need to see the, our future through the eyes of faith. Now, that was a lie that they said. Let me give you some truth on what the Bible says. Luke 18, 27. But he says, what is impossible with men is what? And the next one is Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can do all things. He said, if I can, all things are possible for one who what? There you go. Whenever you try to make your past, you try to build your future off your past and your present, take those two scriptures out. You're not stuck. There's greater moments coming ahead for you. You're not stuck. Grab them scriptures if you need to read them. That's the biblical truth that's never going to fade away. Now, the feeling of feeling stuck or feeling like, oh, my past and my present and all that's bad, that doesn't negate the fact that you have, a, you have a potential, you have a destiny, you have an inheritance. Just keep on going. Just keep going. Because you'll miss the moments that are waiting for you. I learned this at a young age. When my, parent, my mother died, when my mother was alive, all she kept teaching, I didn't learn this stuff that normal little kids learn. Had to learn how to cook. Had to learn how to wash dishes. Had to learn how to wash clothes. Had to learn how to learn. Everyone's outside playing basketball. I'm in there learning how to do these things. I'm like, I don't have any fun. She was saying this. I'm doing this because I'm not going to be around much longer. Because she had cancer. I'm teaching you this now so you can have better moments later. Now, if I sit, I can do that when holidays come around. The memories are great, but the foundation she laid for me is even better. There'll be times, oh, well, I miss my, Miss Donna, our parents. We miss them. But we always remember the foundation they laid for us so we can go make better moments and make new traditions. And don't miss these moments that's in front of it. Because if, you, if you're wailing over the past and we're your present state, you miss the moment now. Yeah. Like when you were in the, the promised land, the guys were caught up in the, the grapes. I've been, would you just show up about the grapes? Can I have a grape? <laughs> we see giants. Can I have a grape? Because I like to eat. You miss today's moments. You know what they do at the Olympics, right, on TV? It isn't about the competition. They show you the moment of, a, of, a, of an athlete, don't they? And you be crying. You're crying. Some, oh, they had such a hard time. Those moments show up on NBC, right? You've been there. Sucks you in. They lose. But you remember the moment. Life is built on moments. Some 30 years, some 50 years, some 10 years, 10, 10 minutes. Don't miss the moments. It's like marriage, great moments. We laugh all the time on crazy stuff. It's a moment. I always laugh this morning. I said, I'm going to wear these shoes, these other shoes. I said, honey, that's not the color. But I like those shoes, you know. I missed them, but she's not here. I got to, honey, I got to call you on the phone. What color am I supposed to wear? And y'all just compliment me and everything. I'm nice, great. That's great moments. They say, you dress nice, Pastor Rich. Yeah, I do, don't I? Yeah, I know. But she really does all that. Moments. Moments. How many husband and wives I got here today? Hold your wife's hand. Probably haven't done that in a while. I'm bad at it. I'm bad at it. I'll tell you the truth. My wife teaches me. Right, honey, tell you how you teach me. I don't know why this part of the sermon, but we're going to go there. These are moments. When she needs a hug, here's a moment. What do you do? <laughs> Thank you. I really have a moment. Anyway, it's moments. Don't miss that. Y'all laughed at that moment. Because we'll, the life is, right now, we're missing in America the moments. We're caught up in a, and we don't have to be because we're going to heaven, but we can be free. Now, those who are slaves, the true slaves are unbelievers. They don't know Jesus. They're bound up. They're supposed to be. But how can a bound up slave take, a, take out another bound up slave? You need someone who's free. They can bring freedom. That's us. 
Think about it. Moments. And nothing's impossible for God who believes. Every day I get up, God, you're amazing because I don't know how I get this done. Second one is, I can't help it. Numbers 14, 1 and 2. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night, and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would we had died in the wilderness? Now, they let self-pity and defeat become their identity. God said, I'm giving you the land. They came back with a bad report. There's giants in the land. And you know what happens when people walk in self-pity and defeat? They blame other people who's trying to move forward. It's not going to work. It didn't work before. You ever know negative people? And they'd rather stay, this not, they'd rather stay that way. They'd rather stay defeated. No, God is good. Not really. He wasn't good before. He's not getting me out of this jam right now. So I'm not believing it. And I like this. I love being bound up. And we take it from generation to generation. And we can't let that become our identity. Things get rough. I'm not here. I'm here to tell you. I was telling Jack the other day, as cold as it was, Pastor Richard's finding out, man, those injuries you Ignored all of the years. When it gets 20 degrees, man, they start showing up. Right? I went to, I went to Houston trying to get in the plane. Get out the, he said, yeah, get out of the plane. Oh, my gosh. Just get me home. Get me home. I couldn't take a pill because if you take a pill, I won't be effective. And my back like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm in Houston supposed to be enjoying myself, and I'm hurting I don't even know why I tell a story. <laughs> Moments. <laughs> I love when God makes me look like an idiot. Anyway, uh, no, he doesn't. Negativity will destroy you. It will. Now, if there's no God in heaven and no Lord and Savior, then negativity is my identity. But there's God Almighty. Sometimes I don't understand how he works. But the only thing I have to relax on and I have my, my uh, faith in that he is working. I might not understand how he's doing it, but I know he's always doing it which will always put a smile on my face because he doesn't quit. after He's not a nine-to-five God. He might, it might take him some time to work things out and maneuver some things, and I just have to have, be patient and wait for it. But I can't let self-pity and defeat, especially when people are trying to call you up and they see the full potential in you, and you say, I can't do it. I can't help. I can't help. I can't. Oh, I can't. These people here, they hit the wall on their own, and now they're going to go on their own. They said, well, we're ready now. And God said, I'm not going with you. And they went up there and they got spanked because they didn't believe God at the apex hour. There's an apex hour when you press in, when faith says go now or go no go. It's like when you take off on an airplane. There is a point when you take off on an airplane that there is no other way but going up. There's a place I can't stop. And I have to keep going regardless of what's going on. Sometime in our faith walk, there's a go-no-go system with God, and you have to hit it when he says it. Like uh, when the space shuttle reentry has to reenter at a certain altitude, a uh, certain pitch, and they have to hit it right then or they'll bounce off the earth, off the earth atmosphere and just spin around for a while. And that's what happened. There was a moment in time for the families to go, and they said, no, nah, that's not good. We like the movie. Um, Top Gun. I got any Top Gun fans here? When um, he's in the middle of it, and he doesn't even know he, has, he still has it. He just let disaster become his identity. Come on, come on, Maverick, come on. You know, all these guys are like, yeah, I like that movie. Come on, Maverick, come on, Maverick. And he says, I got to go back. He goes back blindly, but he let the past go. He had to let the self-pity and defeat become distant. So he can press through faith. And I'm not saying anybody in this, this people in this room like that now. You got to let that lie go. 
And you've got to take God's truth and you've got to push it. I'll give you two truth um, pills right now. Isaiah 43. Remember not the former things, nor consider things of what? Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That is just not a, I'll just write this in the Bible and make people feel good. That truly happens every single day. When it seems like there's no way, God will build a way. When it seems like the, river, there's no, the desert is dry, he knows how to water just in time. When you need the cross. Because you forget, they didn't press in because they were worried about some things. We'll get down to the end of it. But the next truth pill is this. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is what? Behold, the new is what? Right. Passed away. Gone. Do not go in the graveyard and dig it up. Keep going. That's what I learned. I know I'm, taking, I'm, I'm getting coaching. And one of my strengths, which can help, actually be a weakness to some, well, not weakness, but offend some people, is the capacity to pick up and go. That's, which, okay, there's pieces everywhere. We got to go. Because if you stop, you think about it too much. Like my mother said, you go to my casket, you look at it one day, and you press. And you better be, sm- you better be dancing. And you press. I was taught that. Because Daniel, she knew her time was short. So she was teaching me how to not just survive in the world, but to thrive without her. It's like discipleship. We teach people to thrive, not survive. Now, we'll give you a piece of bread, but we're going to help you make the bread. And that takes work sometimes. It takes time. It's okay. But the old has passed away. If you're a new creation in Christ, here's the lie. I can't help myself. I keep sinning. I keep this. I'm just, and then you hear this voice. You'll never change. You had a good day. Now you have a bad day. You just, you know, you'll never change, man. Just give up. In fact, don't even go to church no more because they can see how false you are. And here's the truth. You better keep that in your pocket. I'm a new creation in Christ. Well, you know, you failed at something. Failure is an event. It's not an identity. I'm a new creation in Christ. That doesn't negate the truth. Now, that's a moment of failure, but reality is I'm a new creation. And that's the truth pill. Write these truth pills down. I'm sharing these truth pills because I keep them in my, in my um, iPad for me on a daily basis. Third thing is I'm going to do it my way. West Texas. New York, you know, Sammy, I mean, it was his, uh, Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. I don't think they know who Frank Sinatra is. Anybody know who Frank Sinatra is? Ah, y'all are awesome. He's an icon. He did it his way in New York, right? We do it our way. And this is what God said in Hebrews chapter 3, 15 through 19. And, it says to, and he said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses and with whom he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? With those who were disobedient. So we, so we see that we are unable to enter because of what? God calls unbelief sin. And the rest you're talking about, it's not just laying down rest. It's a rest of certainty and security. That God is going to do it. When we walk in unbelief, our life, gets, we just lose our mind. And we fall into what the world says, give up, give out. It's over. It's not going to work anymore. This is done. But it's just a moment in time. If you're going through something right now, it's just a moment. It really is. Surely it came and surely it has to leave. Because the word says, and that doesn't stop you from hearing God's voice. When you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, which is unbelief. 
Jesus dealt with that with disciples all the time. He walked with them. He gave them. He did miracles. They get on the water. Unbelief. They forget. And we all will forget because we always just remember the moment that we're in now. That's why he gives us a Bible, his truth, biblical truth, to remind you all the time. The word in Deuteronomy also means the book of remembrance. Sometimes you just need to remember what God says about you. Sometimes you just need to remember that it's going to be okay. Sometimes you just have to remember that you're a new creation. Sometimes you just have to remember that you win, you don't lose. Sometimes you just have to remember that you are free and who the truth son sets free is free indeed. Sometimes you just have to remember those things in the moment that you're in. Because, again, if it's a negative moment, it's going to pass. Some are two minutes. Some are two years. Whatever. But one thing's for sure, God and his word never passes away. And we always have to be a teachable spirit. Because the teachable spirit is a pathway to your destiny. One danger is of getting old. I can easily say, I know that. I've seen that. I know that. I heard that. But the word of God is so much revelation, I can't even say that. You always have to stay teachable, which teaches you as a humility, which teaches you as a kid. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. When, I read, when I'm giving you stuff here, don't that, oh, that's a rich guy. No, I, I'm, oh, I didn't know that either. I read this thing a hundred times until God reveals it. That's why you stay with him. I didn't know that. And I love this uh, scripture in Proverbs. Here's the truth pill. 1531, the ear that listens, come on, to a life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores the instructions despises himself, but he who listens to reproves what? Gains what? Yeah. I love sitting around with the, uh, we used to, uh, with the old guys. I call them the old guy, and I'm an old guy. And hear the wisdom. When I played on the basketball, know how I learned to play on the basketball? The big guys beat me all the time. But I listened to how to play. And they put me, when I first started playing, all they did, <laughs> said, little man, Pass me the ball. That's all you're supposed to do. Okay. So I watch him do all these fantastic moves. I'm like, wow, that's cool. You know? All right, little man, pass me the ball. I did that. Then one time I said, I'm not passing him. I'm going to shoot it. So I hit it one time. Little man, stand there, and you shoot the ball all the time. It's okay. Then I said, I'm going to go for a rebound. Then I said, this guy can jump. So then, you know how you, when, you have a, when you're in the park, and they, uh, it's your turn to play, and my park was, if you were a scrub, they just took your time. Sit down, little man. You ain't getting in. We're going in. Okay. Then they learned I can jump. At 5'11", I, was, I can run with the big boys at 6'5". Then I learned how to do that because I was learning from wisdom from those guys. And then I noticed those guys, when they went from the playground to high school football, I mean basketball, to college basketball, and that's when I learned the greatest athletes are not playing today because they were good on the playground, they were fantastic in high school, but college required another level of teaching. And they would not listen to the new coach, and they're not playing today. And they should have been. I know guys who are better than Michael Jordan. I know a lot of guys, a couple of guys we know that made it out of my neighborhood. Kenny Smith, he's a retired guy now. Kenny Smith learned how to play out in the playground from the old guys, high school, and then college. But he was always teachable. Guys, to grow in the kingdom of God, when we talk about discipleship, you have to have a teachable spirit. You can't say, I've been there, done that. Because the vessel that God used to speak to you is going to be a whole lot different than what you ever heard before. It might sound weird, but I tell you what, it's wisdom if God's in it. I learned, I have, um, I have Manuel, he paints the, the uh, hallways for us and, and takes care of our building. I've been watching him. How he gets that thing going so well? I'm just checking that out. I thought I was good at painting. I stink, you know. <laughs> he doesn't know I'm learning from him. Teachable spirit. That's the truth, Bill. Wisdom 
And I love our church. It's multi-generational. I love our folks who, uh, who experience with the young people. We should not separate each other. We can learn much from one another. We're going on a mission trip to Cincinnati. I'm the oldest guy on the trip. They're going to say, you old pastor, you can't keep up. I need to sit on a bench. But I'm going to go because I see the excitement in them about going to witness the people on campus. And I'm, this is new to me. I have no idea how to do it. I'm here to tell you, I'm no expert. Now, I just found out I have, I love evangelism, but I'm going to watch and I'm going to learn. Then I'm going to do it my way. But at least, hey, no, really, but at least I'm going to do it. At least I'm going to step back. Hey, my name is, I'm too old for college, <laughs> but I'm only here because LJ said, come here. <laughs> so do me a favor to make me look good. Give your life to Jesus. <laughs> No. It's new. I'm learning new stuff every day because I want to be teachable. I want to be moldable. And I learn from a lot from you guys. Last thing is that I think we're all at, a lot of us are at. I'm not worthy. Numbers 13, 30 to 33. But Caleb acquired the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought the people of Israel a bad report to the land they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people that we saw are in great height, and there was, we saw the Nephilim, the son of Anak, who came from Nephilim, who seemed, to our, who seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. So we seem to them. Now, these guys traveled over 200 miles in 40 days, and the, how come the giants did not come after them? How come, and I, I'm going to, how come they didn't touch them, and they brought the grapes out? Because what's your man? You look at this thing, you know, what you believe controls you. And here's the reason why we walk in bondage. We walk around sometimes and think we're inferior and unimportant. And that we have nothing to give. And that's just another lie. Because you're created by God Almighty. They felt they have no, they have not worthy. Because they felt, with their thinking, they felt unworthy that God would not come through for them. He brought you out of Egypt. You see all those plagues? What makes him think he's going to stop right now? But when our mind gets fixated about what he won't do or we don't think he's going to do on time, we will start to feel that I'm not important enough for God to even be bothered with. And it's not a lack of him answering the prayers, a lack of us even talking to him again because we feel inferior. And in the body of Christ, we don't stop supposed to feel inferior. Now, someone might have said you were, but why are you going to let other people control your life? Because if you let other people build your life, they're going to always build it too small. No one said you're not unworthy. You're not inferior. Because look at it, guys. We never see things as we are. We see things as we are. We never see things as they really are. We see how we are. And our outlook will determine our outcome. In the history, it really is. Apart from Christ, we all are unworthy. But Christ did something special for us. Rome, here's a truth bomb. Bullet. Romans 5, 17. For because of one man's trespass, death reigned through one man, much more than will those now, through Adam's trespass, we all were in trouble. But here's the good news. With those who received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That is cool. Righteousness is a gift. So on your worst day, you're righteous if you know Jesus. Well, you don't know what I did to my husband, my wife. You're righteous. I can't pay my bill. You're righteous. My husband, you're righteous. 
Tell me something later. You're righteous. Sometimes you got to get in the closet and say, I'm righteous. And that's not bragging. That's just telling the truth. They'll never get you at that job. I'm righteous. It's a gift. I received a free gift. Here's the thing I learned. The word think and the word thank come from the same Latin root. Means to, when you think, you, have op- you can have an opportunity to think. There's one guy said, think thanks. Think thanks. I'm in a situation that's horrendous. Thank you, Lord, that I'm still breathing. Yeah. It's only temporary. Think thanks. Same Latin root. Sometimes when it seems like everything is crushing and pulling on you and running towards you and sit down, grab the truth, and just sit and thank God. Just sit sometime and say, I need a breather. And God, you are good, man. And I know as the sun goes up, it's going to go down and it's a new day tomorrow. Yeah, I had a rough day today, but joy comes in the morning. So I cannot wait for my morning. My morning is tomorrow. But your morning is right now. Because let me tell you, I'm going to show you something. We live in a fallen world. Just agree with that. Give me that last scripture, sir. Thank you. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against what? How many know God is good? How you know God? If you if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> Keep your hands up. Come on. So any argument, any opinion of somebody. How many said you wasn't worthy? How many said you're not pretty enough? How many said that? Hey, hey, I know God. He says I'm awesome. I know God. I'm a new creation. I know God that He died for me. I know God. I'm accepted. I know God. And take that thought captive to obey Christ. And where is Christ? In the scriptures. In the scriptures. Now I want you to do this. Why don't we all stand? Now in about, when everyone's ready, I'm going to have you count to ten. In your mind. Ready? In your mind. Count to ten. Slowly. Now say Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. What number were you at? What happened? Took your thought away, didn't it? You didn't care about the number no more, did you? One thing I told, I told someone that I told them the other day, I said, man, when I got all my clothes stolen in Las Vegas, I was a hurt puppy. But then I walked in that, and I walked in that, in that hangar, and I saw Miss Donna. I said, man, forget the clothes. <laughs> I said, Lord, forget, you know, Jesus. I can't pay my bill. It's in your mind. <laughs> Jesus just left for a moment. I provide for everybody. It's for a moment. Because people who thrive think different. Anything that tries to raise itself up above what your knowledge of God is, cast it out with the word and the truth bomb. Sometimes you got to take, take, no kidding, a cruise missile, and you got to hit that area every single day until it goes away. That's what the Bible's for. It's the only thing called a sword. And what does sword do? It cuts, doesn't it? And it will cut the lie right out of your life. It will just go surgically cut it out. Think about it. You always hear people, before I was God, I couldn't speak. I was so, I was an introvert. And then all of a sudden they met God and what you just said doesn't make sense because you don't shut up. <laughs> Who did that? God takes what we say. So that don't really mean anything. Just listen to what I say. 
Last time I checked, the body of Christ isn't busted. The church is never going away because it's Jesus' idea. So Jesus, it can't fade away. As many magazines as I said, the church of North America is going to fall down. Guess what? That's a lie because he says, I will build my church and the gates of what? Now, last, when's the last time you saw gates walking? That means when he builds it, supreme. And every one of you, every one of you was built by God. Isn't that amazing? Some of you don't even like the way you look. Why? You're built by God. You don't like your, where I'm, I don't like, I don't, wow, you're built by God. You want a new hairstyle? Hey, I'll teach you how to do that. I want you to think different because you think to thrive. And everything begins with a what? A thought. Everything begins with a thought. How many came in with some bad thoughts this morning? Be honest. The thoughts been wiped out? If your thoughts been wiped out, give the Lord a praise right now. was about (laughs) remember and the biggest thing I want to put on here guys you are not insignificant none of you here are insignificant no one here is an accident when you hear that now well if someone your mother told you and I might be prophetic if your mother told you you were a mistake there's no mistakes in the kingdom when God brings somebody forth No one's insignificant. You're where you are for a reason, and God continuously loves you. And you're not too bad to be loved. (laughs) Can I have some of our leaders come up? Some of our life group leaders. Guys, what we're going to do, we're going to close.